Hello there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tavalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. Your task, Niall said, his voice rising as he stood. Keridan topped him by a head, but the Inquisitor stepped back. Your task? Your task was to seize Almuth Plain, an empty bucket that no one holds except by words and claims, and all you had to do was fill it. The nation of Almuth would have lived again, ruled by the Children of the Light, with no need to pay lip service a fool to a king. Amadicia and Almuth, a vice gripping Terabon, in five years we would have had sway there as much as here in Amadicia, and you made a dog's dinner of it. <laughs> Pedro Nile, prologue, the Dragon Reborn. Hello and welcome back. I'm here with my friend Tracy. I'm here with my friend Amber. And this is the Road to Tarvalin, a Wheel of Time podcast. That's us. That's us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I mean, okay. I'm excited because we're starting the Dragon Report. But... <laughs> You know, these chapters weren't incredibly action-packed, but we're going to have fun anyways. Yes, for sure. It was, um, when I opened it and saw that it was like a White Cloak chapter for the prologue, my first response was, fuck, White Cloaks. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that everyone's reaction, though? Like, oh, White Cloaks. I mean, there's some good behind-the-scenes I want, to, I want to say conspiracy, kind of, behind yes. everything that's going on with the White Cloaks. There's a lot to be implied, mm-hmm. but these chapters itself, like, it doesn't come right out and say it, but mm-hmm. there's lots of little pieces being moved on the chessboard. Yes. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and just kind of give a quick little recap to what happens in the prologue. Sure. Yeah. If you're good with that. I'm here for it. Literally. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So the prologue starts out, it is from the point of view of Pedro Nile, and he's sitting privately with Inquisitor Jarrett Byer, and together they're kind of looking at this illustration of the Dragon Reborn, and Mm -hmm. it's Rand, obviously, (laughs) and... Child Byer says, like, look, there's fighting all over Almuth Plain and Toman Head. Joffrey Bornhold was killed by Aes Sedai and this army that's calling themselves the Shan Chen. Long story short, parent of the two rivers is to blame. <laughs> Face palm. <laughs> <laughs> I blame and this then, guy. Right? It's this guy. It's all it's his all fault. His fault. Because all his fault. Of course like- it is. Barely 20-year-old's fault. Sure. All right, bye. Yeah. We're all believing mm-hmm. that. Head shake. Right. No. <laughs> so as this is going on, Yakim Keridan enters, and we get some misinformation from him, and he's telling Bayer and Pedro Nile that the Shan Chan are working with the Dragon Reborn, 
and Patron Nile commands him to make sure that the false dragon doesn't die and to kill any Aes Sedai who opposes him rather than supporting him. Mm-hmm. So this happens, and then moments later, Patron Nile is kind of talking to himself, and a slippery little beak-nosed man named <laughs> Mordith yeah. enters. Dun-dun-dun. Mm-hmm. And... He kind of like, it's like a secret passageway that he kind of comes from. Mm-hmm. And they're in the Fortress of the Light. And Ordith is like, oh, I recognize this guy in the illustration. It's Rand from the Two Rivers. <laughs> and you need to guard against him and his friend Matt Cawthon and Parany Barra. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of like left at that. And then we move to Yakim Keridan's point of view and he enters a different room mm-hmm. in the Fortress of the Light. And he is greeted by a Merdral. <laughs> and he orders... He gives orders to Yakim Keridan from the Great Lord, mm-hmm. so the Dark One. Yeah. And Yakim Keridan is supposed to kill Randolph Thor, and every month that Rand remains alive, one of Yakim Keridan's relatives will be murdered. Mm-hmm. So that's pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> Those Murdrals sure know how to sweet talk someone and do what they want, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I. One of the things that I thought was a fun little thing, like sometimes I get a, like just a tiny bit annoyed that there's all this like detail to things because I just want to get to like the meat of it. But I appreciated the difference between the way that Nial keeps his quarters versus uh, Keridan, who's like, this one dude spent over a year working on this table and then the Merdral destroys it. <laughs> yeah, the Merdral is like <laughs> scratching into the table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I was like, ah, take that. I mean, not like killing members of your family would be bad enough. I'm like all focused <laughs> on the stupid table. <laughs> That sounds about right for me, though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's... I feel like the prologues are getting a little bit longer now. Like, a little bit longer, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And I I was really... um, I I like when it hops between different points of view, Mm -hmm. especially in this situation where it's all taking place in the same location, but we're getting it from different people's perspective mm-hmm. i guess yeah yeah and like i liked how this prologue kind of tied back into the prologue from the dragon reborn because that one was all from the point of view from a white cloak and so is this one like in two different ways mm-hmm. and i thought that was kind of clever like it, it helped me to appreciate it more maybe i was like looking for things like that <laughs> But I thought that was clever, like light versus dark in the same chapter and everybody being like, this dark friend did it and that dark friend did it. And like, what is it? Like half of the people involved are legit dark friends. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. Kind of, it's just kind of fun. Like this was a good white cloak chapter. I liked it. I like seeing inside Nial's head because he is like, He's considered one of the great captains in the Westlands. 
And so he's a good tactician and he's looking for weaknesses and pushing to see where people react and like everything with a grain of salt. And I liked mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. And you can you can really tell that at this point, Yakim Keridan has gotten in, himself into a very like precarious situation because Pedro Nile is like, look, bud, if anything <laughs> happens to me, mm-hmm. to me, like your head is on a pike. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like I know you're up to something. So like the moment that you try and double cross someone, like it's going to be on you. Mm-hmm. And Keridan's like, oh shit. So he gets back to his quarters and then there's a Merdral waiting for him. And then he's like, and the Merdral is like, look, bud. So here's the deal. <laughs> Every month that the Dragon Reborn isn't dead, um, we're going to kill one of your family members. So he's got orders from mm-hmm. Pedro Nile to he, – he's not suppo- they're not supposed to kill the Dragon Reborn. Yeah, yeah. He has conflicting orders from the two sides that he has sworn allegiance to. And mm-hmm. it's like, ha you're fucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's kind of rewarding, to be honest. Like, how's he going to get out of this one? You know? He's so sleazy. Yeah. I just don't like him. Like, his level of arrogance when he comes in and is, like, talking, I just want to, like, ugh. I want to put my hand in his face and, like, just stop. Go away. I don't like just him very stop. much. Yeah, I don't know. I think um, it's interesting, too, because... <laughs> At one point, they have to go inform Dane Bornhold that his father yeah, is dead. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know that's going to be an issue yep. coming up. Yeah. Um, is it Bayer that's sent off to tell? Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine that being the messenger to tell you that your dad was dead? He's such... Oh, what? How do I want to say this? Bayer is just such an emotionless, not emotionless. He's mostly anger, rage driven. And he's I very just, like full of fervor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I could just see him like coming up and being like, so your dad's dead. Uh, it's parents' fault. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I like, mean, he's going to get, he's going to get Dane Bornhold all worked up, mm-hmm. you know, because of course, like, this is going to be a very emotional situation and when someone is like oh and this is the person responsible like you know that Dane Bornhold isn't going to be thinking clearly after hearing that his father is dead but him giving him you know the the suspect's name or you know not even the suspect he's just saying flat out he did this yeah so so to give him an object or a a person to channel his emotions towards, like, Dane Mordenhall's going to grab at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, too, it's interesting Oof. that when we got the prologue in The Great Hunt, it mm-hmm. was from Jeffram's, Jeffram's point of view. And he's giving... I want to say he's giving Pedro Nile like the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. 
but he's not sure why he's being sent to Almuth Plains, to Toman Head. Yeah. Like, he doesn't know why he's being pushed in this direction by Pedro Nile. Yeah. And here we're getting the answer finally kind of from Pedro Nile himself where he's saying, you know, in the quote that I just read, the yep. task was to seize Almuth Plain. Mm-hmm. And in doing this, like, the nation of Almuth would have lived under the Children of the Light and, you know, they would had a new place to kind of take hold because he's saying in this quote here that if we would have taken this land, we would no longer have to pay lip service to the king of mm-hmm. Amadicia and yeah. Almuth and how, like, this is a vice-gripping Terabon. It's just... He, he had lofty goals here, you know what I mean? So yeah. he's not a small thinker. Mm-hmm. He had a very big plan, and it all went to crap, obviously, because Shan Chen showed up and... Mm-hmm. Rand and company showed up and the heroes of the horn showed up Mm -hmm. so it was like ah what is going on here and then now it's getting even more muddled because child buyers saying like oh well it was Aes Sedai like it was Aes Sedai fighting for the dragon reborn no doubt no doubt at all Mm -hmm. all right guys and and on top (laughs) of that he was um I think this was another thing that was mentioned that, oh, this army that came and was fighting against the Children of the Light had beasts. Mm-hmm. And so it has to be Trollocs, right? It has to be. It's not, it's not these Shan Chen creatures. Mm-mm. They're saying clearly it was Trollocs. Clearly this is an army of dark friends. And yeah. it's just getting so, I mean, it's just snowballing. Yeah. <laughs> really. It's. Um, I'm trying to find it. I'm pretty sure I underlined it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when Keridan is trying to, like, tell Pedro Nile, like, this whole story about the Shanchen just has to be, like, foolishness and not real. He's, like, even to, like, get to the Westlands from whatever might be out there, he's, like, to carry an army across it would be as impossible as flying. And I just, like... I just, they did both. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, oh, hmm. You got a lot of learning to do there, Keridan. Yeah, I mean, oof. And, and so, like, at the same time, what I have to conclude from, like, all of this is, like, did almost no there had to have been almost no children of the light survivors right like there had to have mm-hmm. only been a handful and mm-hmm. child buyer was one of the lucky few mm-hmm. well child we- buyer got sent off intentionally by joffram so that he could watch the battle and let That's Dan right. know what was gonna what happened so like he that was right yeah he was already in a pretty angry angry <laughs> angry begrudging position when he observed what happened and of course like the minute he saw parent it was over like it's all parents fault Mm -hmm. all parents fault now why do you think that pedro nile wants the fault he's calling rand the false dragon Mm -hmm. why do you think he wants him to 
stay alive? Like, why? What do you think his oh, plan is, Tracy? I think, I think he says it, actually, in the chapter. It was something that I, I underlined where he was talking with Carradine, and he's like, how do you control a group of people? And he's like, you loose a rabid lion on them. So what I'm expecting him to expect is for Rand to, like, come down and let the Lord of Chaos rule. And everybody is like, oh, we hate him. We're in danger. And the Children of the Light come in. Dun, 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 dun. And they, they're they already established in the areas around. They've been giving relief aid. They've been taking care of things. So when the Children of Light come in to take down a quote-unquote false dragon, mm-hmm. everybody's going to be like, yay, we love you. And... flower petals thrown at their feet (laughs) yeah like you can totally have almuth plain it's just sitting there Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's what i think it is yeah i think it's clever i think it's dangerous i think we saw that like when we were in eye of the world and i think you had said something about how the white cloaks were probably like in disguise every once in a while in working their way into andor yeah yeah exactly and then we saw them when they were on almuth plain sending white cloaks out in garb of the area so they would blend in and be able to like get news of what was going on so to me that still makes sense you know Mm -hmm. and i think that might be like part of what they plan on doing if they can get that far (laughs) yeah you need to get there first guys Mm -hmm. it is a big plan though i hadn't really thought about how ambitious that was like it's it's nice to kind of get you know lift the curtain behind the man who is pedro nile i was gonna say he's not just thinking about like how he can attain glory just for himself, even though he's aware that if he does this, like, he's like, my name will go down in the history of the White Cloaks. Like, he wants to do this for the White Cloaks as well, like, for all of them, like, to give them a nation where they don't have to be accountable to anyone other than themselves. It's terrifying, but it's absolutely ambitious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? A nation of White Cloaks. Ah, run away. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds awful. Right? It really does. I'm thinking Spain, 15th century. Everybody just gets out or dies. Tortured. Yeah, that all sounds about right if the White Cloaks come to town. Do the White Cloaks, like, are they celibate? Ooh. I mean, you can't really... I don't know. No, because they can't be celibate because... Dane Bornhold, Joffrey Bornhold's son. So he like grew into. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's a really like, good question, though. Yeah. Where's Dane's I... mom? <laughs> <laughs> Dane, where's your mommy? <laughs> Why wasn't she sent to tell her son? It's all, you know what? It it explains so much. They just don't have contact with their mothers. That's why yeah. they're all seeking like such. You know, like, I'm a good boy. I'm a good boy. Look at what I can do. And my cloak is so white and clean. (laughs) Sparkling. (laughs) Aw, I'm every mom's dream come true. 
Yikes. Okay. So I wanted to say what you had said about loosing a rabid lion into the streets. Mm-hmm. I think this is when Ordeeth shows up and he's mm-hmm. like, a rabid lion? And Paige and Niall's like, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I didn't say that you could eavesdrop on me pretty right. much. Yeah. And yeah. Ordeeth is like, oh, I wasn't eavesdropping. I had just walked in at this certain <laughs> moment, you know? No one believes that. Mm-hmm, right? And Pedro Niles thinking, like, back to how Ordeeth looked like when he first met him when he had just shown up, and mm-hmm. he describes him as half-dead, I think, mm-hmm. and had somehow talked a really good game and ended up all the way in front of Pedro Nile, like, Lord Captain Commander of the Children of the Light. So, like, some guy that was near death Mm-hmm. somehow worked his way in front of all of the important people mm-hmm. to get right in front of the top dog himself. And I don't know. He's almost like serpent-like. Mm. Like he's just such a smooth talker mm-hmm. and he just kind of worms his way into the situation. I think Pedro Nile comments on his name meaning Wormwood in the old tongue. Mm -hmm. And I know that we've talked about this before, but like Wormwood is a hallucinogenic. Mm -hmm. So it kind of like, it's like, hmm, hmm, Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. to think about, things Mm -hmm. to think about. Yeah. And I think he mentions something about Ordeeth helping him see clearly or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's insinuated that he's kind of pushing an agenda. Mm-hmm. And Pedro Nile was like, oh, like, that's a good point. Like, of course, like, now things make sense. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. <laughs> hmm. And I do, like, one of the things that I underline in the chapter as well is like, after Niall and Ordeath have their conversation, Niall is starting to think about needing to send, like he needs to make plans for the two rivers. Um, I don't really think that he was thinking about that before he had received news from Bayer and Ordeath being like, both of these men are from the two rivers. The two rivers is a bad place. It's full of dark friends. Like... Weren't they saying, like, like oh, in these backwoods villages, like, dark friends are free to lurk and they don't have to go out into the real world and they can hide there. Yeah. It all makes so much sense, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, oh, he's running a good game. Yeah. Smooth talker. It's a uh, man. Or deep. And he's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh and yeah, and then I the think, yeah, and Pedro Niles like, yeah, I, I guess I need to make plans for that place. So that's mm-hmm. going to end up being something mm-hmm. down the line. Yeah. And then we get to Keridan, and we've got the Merdral meeting. And I think, like, this one is pretty straightforward, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, go kill Randall Thor or else. <laughs> or else. I did like yeah. how the Murdral faded in and out of the shadows. I like it when that creep factor is there, that they can, like, show up 
whenever, wherever. And I think the Madral is even like, wherever there are shadows, human, I can I can ride and enter any room and whatever. And I'm like, oh, you're so spooky. Why don't you use that ability more often, though? It seems underutilized. Is that just me? No, you're definitely correct. <laughs> <laughs> I can do these to cool be, things, but I yeah. won't. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really hard to, like, that was one of those things with the TV show. It was, like, very hard to make it look not, like, a little hokey, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like when that Merdral is hiding behind, I don't know, like a curtain or whatever in mm-hmm. that farmhouse. Yeah. Like it was kind of just like, oh, it's one <laughs> place and now it's in another place. Yeah. It was kind of like a little like, okay. All right. I guess. You guys are trying. It's your first time. Maybe, maybe they'll, maybe they need to. I mean, all the weaves have to take a while for them to do all the CG stuff, but I would really love for them to get those Merdral up to a proper creep standard. Same. Absolutely. And I, I mean, let's see here. They're done with filming for season two, so we know that we're not gonna see it until sometime in 2023. So they better be using all of this time to make, like, all of the CG shit just on point. Do you guys hear yeah. me? Are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> this is what I demand. I, I think as far, like, as much as they could, like, I think it was okay. Like, it could have been way, way worse. Oh, my God, totally. I really so. enjoyed the show. I did. Like... I I really did. It's not the best show that I've seen, of course, but I mean, I still really enjoyed it. It and I still like those images of the actors are kind of overlaying themselves in my head when I'm reading, which is interesting. Um, Min hasn't quite been flipped yet, though. Like she's still the Min in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. same. Me too. I, think, I, I can't not picture her curly hair. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's, I don't know why. I just kind of like, maybe it's because we didn't get a whole lot of time with Min. Like she was just there for a second, last episode. So. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. At one point in this last uh, Yakim Keridan chapter, doesn't the fade like, dangle Keridan in the air for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Like crushing his throat, lifting him up. Like, and Keridan's like, whatever you say. You know, these are all the things that Nial wanted to do to him. This is just the Mandral getting to do that for Nial, just with different instructions. Yeah. And then it also, um, it, I think this part, this POV, like, solidifies, like, okay, Bors, the man known as Bors, is Yakim Keridan. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. now, I think, like, if you weren't sure, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is kind of like, okay, now we've got, like, we've checked that box. Yeah. And now we know who this mystery white cloak Bors was from... The dark friend 
Shadow Pal party and the Great Hunt prologue. Mm -hmm. And we leave off with Yakim Karadin sending for ink and paper. And he's like, now I have to figure out, like, what the hell orders I'm going to send. Like, what do I do? Yeah. Yeah. What do I do next? And, of course, he, like, takes it out on his poor servant who, like, comes to the door and is like, I got you apples. And Carradin is like, fuck off. Yeah. (laughs) Do other servant type things for me. I'm angry. Yeah, I wonder if, um, I bet it was planned, you know, for these two uh, prologues, The Great Mm -hmm. Hunt and The Dragon Reborn, to have kind of like, a circular, you know, story. Yes, yeah. I was just thinking, like, how this closes that loop really nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of dark friends, lots of white cloaks. Yeah. Like, Madral. here we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a bad beginning. Like, even though it was a white cloak chapter and I had that whole, like, ugh, experience starting out, like, getting into it was good. So, in fact, yeah. I think of the chapters that we read this week, it was my favorite. <laughs> Same. And now the boring stuff. No, oh, kidding. God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Karen, why? So, okay, sorry. <laughs> let's quick recap. So, chapter one is called Waiting, Parent mm-hmm. Point of View. And this is the chapter where Leia, a Tuatha'an woman, enters the camp. Mm-hmm. So Perrin is with a group of Shinarans, and they have a camp near the Mountains of the Mist. He's keeping watch, and he's thinking about how, like, maybe I should send to the wolves to know what's going on in the area. But then he's like, no, I can't do that. (laughs) No. Yeah. Yeah. So he spots a rider he's with Masima, and as he spots the rider Masima spots a raven and then Perrin shoots down the raven really fast mm-hmm. and the rider is this woman leia who arrives to the camp of the dragon reborn mm-hmm. and that's pretty much the summary here i mean <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not it's nice because we're getting to know like who Perrin is with and who's in his camp, what the party is, you know, constructed of, who's, you know, there in this location. Mm-hmm. And from what it seems is that the Shinarans who kind of know what had happened from like the Great Hunt. Mm-hmm. How we started out in the Great Hunt, you know, we had kind of the same group. It was Masima was there guarding a wall and Perrin was there. The only thing different, I think, this time is, like, Matt's not around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matt's off on his way to Tarvalin to be healed. Mm-hmm. So it's just Perrin and Min and Loyal. I mean... Land and Moraine, too, of course, but, like, it's just them as far as, yeah. like, maybe main characters go, if that makes sense. hmm Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Perrin is, like, very irritable, but I think everyone in this camp is irritable. Yeah. I mean, Moraine does not really seem to be having a good time. Mm-mm. 
Rand's acting like a toddler. Yeah, Rand is not having a good time either. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, I... We'll get to the Rand stuff <laughs> when we have Rand show up in the next chapter, but... Sounds good. Yeah, it's it's also kind of interesting about, like, we get a little bit more exposition about the Two Rivers Longbow, which mm-hmm. I really liked. Agreed. So that was, like... A nice little like oh like that's refreshing yeah um i think i want to say is it reagan reagan mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i think it's reagan and masima they're arguing about perrin's longbow mm-hmm. longbow and then uno was like telling them to shut up <laughs> basically <laughs> and he's kind of like perrin you know do you see anything and perrin of course, like having the best vision of any of the men there, he's like, yeah, there's a woman. And he can see from how brightly colored her clothes are that she's one of the Tuatha'an. Mm-hmm. And they go up and they, you know, like they, they meet her, I guess. They greet her. Mm-hmm. And again, Perrin is having his inner turmoil, like, with his wolf brother abilities so the Mm -hmm. first time he's like i should send to the wolves and he cuts himself off and then he realizes that leia doesn't smell afraid Mm -hmm. and i did like how i think it was masima who was like oh these like he just says something really like derogatory about yeah the tuathon yeah Yeah. and i think it was uno who Uh was like do you think she's a coward? Like, mm-hmm. do you think, would you by yourself ride one horse all the way out here in the middle of nowhere, not knowing anything that's waiting for you, lurking in the shadows yep. alone? Like, this woman's no coward. And, and kind of like, Right, mm-hmm. right. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's like the, the main point even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that she did it. He's yeah. like, she's not a coward, dude. Just shut up. You know nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I what I want to know is how does Leia? <laughs> I was gonna know where say to go? the same thing, Tracy. I was gonna say the same thing. This makes no sense. How do they know where to go? So, I mean, there's a there's a few options, right? Like, it could be possible that. Some of these women are connected to Moraine's Eyes and Ears network. Yeah, but I mean... Or it is possible that they are all dreamers? You know what? Okay, so that is the only thing for me that makes sense. Like, other than potentially bonding these women, how, how would these women know where to go to find Mori. It's not like they had directions. Like, Perrin even asks, like, he says he's like, each time I ask every woman as she arrives, how did you know how to get here? And Leia's response is like, I just knew. I just know. I just yeah. knew. And so, like, how... I mean, <laughs> did, if... if did Moraine Mor- give them a bunch of coins? <laughs> I, coin. These coins match my coins. And when they come close together, you will feel me. I don't I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I just the only thing that makes sense is dreaming to me. Like 
But we don't yeah, know and they, anything about that for Moraine. Yeah, and they know her name, you know? She's yeah. like, sometimes she is called Moraine. Yeah. Like, no no secrets about who she is. She even knows she's a nice Sedai and everything. Even though she, like, tries to not drop that she knows that, she screws up and is like, I'm looking for an, I mean, a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. Slick, Leia. Slick. (laughs) And then we end, like, this chapter ends with Perrin kind of pulling a John Hammond, like, or not John Hammond. um. (laughs) Christian's going to laugh at this if he listens to it because we just happened, the same thing just happened. We were talking about Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. The guy, anyways. It was like a Jurassic Park moment where he's like, welcome to yes. the camp of the Dragon Reborn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's funny that you should say that because last night I sent Aiden a copyright royalty-free playlist of music that I had on YouTube for Road to Tarvalin. And one of the videos is the Melodica one with the welcome to Jurassic Park. And <laughs> <then> <laughs> <it> just- <laughs> <laughs> porch and laughed my ass off and Aiden was like I'm glad you're having so much fun mom and I was like this is so funny though right (laughs) Uh, maybe we need to put it in this episode too who knows comes back welcome guest (laughs) the camp of the dragon reborn Should we do a word from our sponsors? Yeah, yeah, I'm down for that. Who are us? We are our own sponsors. Momentary interruption, friends. Since we are not good at remembering to promote ourselves during the show, here's how you can keep the road to Tarvalin growing. First off, rate and review us wherever you listen to the road to Tarvalin. This helps new listeners find the podcast. Listener support is available through Anchor. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month with amounts leading up to a generous $9.99 a month. Also, we have a new merch shop. Cozy Contorta was inspired by the books and characters we love, and it's not just Wheel of Time focused. Go check it out at Cozy Contorta on Instagram or find the link on our website via social media. Income means better equipment, more content, and more opportunities to be able to grow our amazing community. We love you all and feel endlessly grateful to each of our listeners for joining us week after week on the road to Tarvalon. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of the episode. And we're back with chapter two, Sidene. So this one... (laughs) I mean, a little bit more stuff happening here. Mm-hmm. So this, again, is Perrin's point of view, and it's the chapter where Rand and Moraine argue about stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so all of these women, Perrin says, has been coming to speak to Moraine, and Leia is one of the many. Mm-hmm. And He's kind of hanging out with men, and men predicts that Leia is going to have, like, a very violent death. 
mm-hmm. Loyal arrives and they have even more discussions mm-hmm. about men's viewing. Mm-hmm. And Loyal is making notes in his book mm-hmm. and talks about Taviran. And Ran is seen exiting Moraine's hut. And Perrin's like, uh oh. <laughs> like he knows that they had just probably gotten into it. And he follows Rand. And Rand says something along the lines of the people who declared for him, the Dragon Reborn on Almuth Plain, they're fighting and dying, and it's all happening in his name. And he feels like there's absolutely nothing he can do about yep. it. He is helpless. Yep. And um, he also says that Sidene is constantly calling to him Mm -hmm. and he's in pretty rough shape Mm -hmm. and as he's dealing with all of his emotions he accidentally starts an earthquake by (laughs) (laughs) so there's that (laughs) and that and that's how that happened that's how that works i'm so angry i'm so mad I mean, if you're upset that people are dying in your name, that they're being, like, injured in their name, in your name, why are you going to do something like that where you're potentially going to hurt your allies who are right next to you? Think about your actions, Rand. See, I don't know, though. Like, I I understand what you're saying, but I also feel for him because Moraine is not giving him a better option. She's just like, just wait Mm -hmm. because the pattern will tell you what it needs. Yeah. Like something will move you. We Mm -hmm. just have to wait for it. But the thing is, is that the pattern is moving him. Mm -hmm. Like Rand is fighting the the pattern right now by staying put. The pattern is like calling to him to move and Mm -hmm. he's guilt-stricken over it. I mean, this is my opinion, but no, I like that. this I is not, like, canon. No, no, I think that that is a really good thing to bring up because we certainly have, like, him going off and doing what he does kind of plays into what happens later. But as far as, like, what you said, I do feel for Rand. Like, I have, I mean, Aiden's close in age to Rand, and being close to someone who's in that age range and seeing remembering as well what it's like to be you know in your early 20s and like emotion feels really high passions feel really high guilt everything just feels really high and kind of out of your control and Rand still doesn't have a whole lot of control over what he's doing what happened I'm sure was not intentional so, yeah, I feel for him, too. I just am like... Yeah, and I think, too, like, it's... I don't know, like, I'm just thinking about myself. Like, when things beyond my circumstance... Like, beyond anything I can do, mm-hmm. you know, where I feel trapped in a situation where there is no outcome that just feels good. Yeah. You know? Like, if you've ever been sick and you just, you know, you're helpless. Like, mm-hmm. you just have to wait for life to go on for something to change Mm -hmm. like the waiting is the hardest part but also the helplessness of it when there's no decision that you can make like there's nothing in your control and that is probably one of the most frustrating human emotions 
possible. Yeah. Like, where, there, where there's just like, I can't, I can't do anything. I My hands are tied and you mm-hmm. want to help and you want something to change. And if there was anything you could do, you would just throw yourself on the ground to do it, you know? But yeah, yeah. Rand is being held here. He's essentially like captive mm-hmm. to Moraine. But at the same time, like Moraine is trying to be incredibly rational. She's mm-hmm. trying to keep everyone put they're in a spot right now that is the most safe for them and for others yeah and if rand were to get in contact with you know the dragon sworn with the people that are his followers who have like called themselves like to be followers of the dragon reborn like these people would be probably slaughtered you know Mm -hmm. so Moraine is right. Mm-hmm. And I think and Rand, Rand even knows she's yeah, right. Exactly. Yep. That's exactly what I was just going to say. Is like, that's part of where the frustration for him comes from is she's right and he knows it. He's mm-hmm. like, there isn't a better option. Like, this yeah. is just what I have to do right now. Because I think, like, I think if Rand really wanted to skip out, he'd find a way to do it, you know? But, like, He's willing to listen to Moraine and to trust Moraine in this moment. And hopefully it's for the best. But like him <laughs> pulling this channeling is going to change things. Well, yeah, too. It also is showing like how little control he has over his channeling at yeah. this point as well, which yeah. just is adding to the pile of like fuck it, I can't do anything right, you know? Yes, yeah, poor guy. And I mean, he knows, he knows that, like, his inability of controlling what he can do can and will harm people around him. And so that has to feel even worse. Like, ugh. My sympathy levels for Rand are rising at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I mean, I even feel sympathy for Perrin. Like, Perrin is just like, I don't want to be here, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I want to be, like, back home. Like, Mm -hmm. I just want to be a simple blacksmith. And I think about, like, I don't know. Like, sometimes I'm very, like, oh, whatever. Get over it. Like, Mm -hmm. the world's a big place. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, if I was, I don't know how old they are, 16 or something. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, to be that young and just being like, okay, well, you're not going to talk to anyone you know anymore and you're not going to be able to go home. So, yeah. I'm sad. It does not sound fun. No. Mm-hmm. All right. So, a little bit about Leia that I think something that like popped out to me that I thought was funny uh-huh. is. When she shows up and she's being, like, shown her way around camp Uh and it's, like, dragon banners and, you know, like, welcome to the camp of the Dragon Reborn. She's like, yeah, I don't care. I need to talk to Moraine. Like, where's (laughs) Mm -hmm. the woman Mm -hmm. that I need to see? (laughs) Totally not impressed. Not impressed at all. Yeah, I really liked that about her. I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's a shame that men sees you dying because you kind of seem pretty cool lady right so sad yeah and men is 
like resolute. She's like, that woman is going to die. I'm never wrong about these things. Like she's covered in blood. I see her own face floating above her shoulders. It means she's going to die in a horribly tragic way. And yeah, Perrin is kind of like gulp, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, ugh. It's, like he doesn't want that. It's the last thing he wants to know is going to happen. Yeah. I feel really bad for men as well. Uh, One of the things that I underlined in the chapter was when she's saying that when she sees visions around people, they're just all really grim. And she says, all the happy things seem to have gone away. And we're on the third book now. So we have all the shit that went down in Falme. We have everything that's happening, like, along pretty much the entire coastline of the Westlands. That's bad news. And we're about to start heading back in the other direction where things are just going to get even messier. So I like these little things that are getting kind of like dropped in to darken the tone of the story and what we're expecting. At least that's how I saw it. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I did want to talk about something that Min says. Yeah, please. That most people don't have images like swirling around them or Mm -hmm. it only happens like once in a while yeah but other people always have images swirling around them and she said that Aes Sedai and warders always have images Mm -hmm. and then she's like and some other people too meaning Mm -hmm. Tavirin and Perrin's like nope Ears and fingers, like, la, 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 I don't want to know. <laughs> don't tell me. <laughs> and uh, she's like, yeah, most people don't want to know. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> Poor men. Mm-hmm. I do. I do. I can't imagine what it must be like to look at people and know that they're going to die or know that something terrible is going to happen to them. Like... Mm-hmm. I bet her other visions were way more fun when it was like, those people are going to get married and, like, they're going to have a baby. Right? Or even just not seeing it as much. Because, I mean, the company she's keeping is going to just keep the visions coming. Like, right? They're going to be constant where she is. And her and Perrin are kind of, like, bonding over this because as much as Perrin is you know, riding the Taviran wave, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. He's, he's, like, I wakeboarding. <laughs> <laughs> he's wakeboarding it. He's a very cool guy. Um, he has little, uh, little sunglasses with, like, I the was, flame print yeah, on them. <laughs> a little bit of sunscreen on his nose. Some Oakleys, a beard. He's can't like, he's see like, me. I'm, like, paddling my arms <laughs> like I'm on a wakeboard. <laughs> Maybe it was because it was Memorial Day. Like, I just... <laughs> have the image in my head he has like two river the two river manethrin flag you know swim trunks on we now need (laughs) (laughs) 
And Tracy has left us. Tracy has left the building. It took a second for your words to hit my brain, and then the mental image was just perfection. So good. Okay, so now we just need to put Marcus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need to put Marcus's face. Oh, God, on a Sims body wearing a Minetherin, uh pair of swim trunks. Can we make that happen? Hey. Is that possible? <laughs> I can make a I can make a Marcus sim, I bet. I bet you could. I saw the one that you did for Rand and Matt. It was very good. I think there I think there was all three of them. At did one you do pair two? I, think I bet so. you did. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. That would be really funny though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just need to have a whole like Sims uh neighborhood just wheel all wheel of time characters <laughs> and just let them do whatever they want so it's like a um fanfic you know yeah yes. like oh my god men and avienda just had a baby like who would have thought who would have believed it <laughs> moraine marries this. um oh mm. moraine just wahooed mm. lan call the press yes all right um where was i (laughs) Uh, i think we were talking about men and karen ah, bonding over the taviran pull yes yeah 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 and men is like bloody taviran always pulling me around and i can't do anything and mm-hmm. does it always have to be like this around you bloody Taviran and <laughs> Loyal is like I'm gonna make a great book out of all of this <laughs> like I don't know what you guys are complaining about and then I think the Shinarans come by mm-hmm. and Perrin sees that like Rand is like stomping out of Moraine's hut yeah and he's <laughs> like I don't know why I picture him like Daffy Duck, like, you know, when Daffy (laughs) Duck is like pissed and he's like muttering to himself, like that's how I see Rand right now. Yeah, this is is where he feels uh, really toddlerish to me. It's like just this like, I'm mad. And at the same time, how responsible. He went to his calming corner, you know, like this is where he likes to go to feel better, so... I guess it's better than making everybody else deal with his bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, but it's also really sad. I mean, like, you have... Okay, you have a son who was not long ago a teenager. Like, if he was in this predicament, you know, you know that you would want to be, like, there to comfort him. Heck yeah. And Rand has no No one. one. No one. Just his, like... Just his bros, his bro Perrin, who was like, Perrin, here's the thing too, like, I think it keeps being mentioned, like, what Rand is wearing and how, like, the Shinarans are, like, treating him like he's freaking God. Yeah. So, like, there's almost this, like, rift between the two where I'm like, Perrin, like, he doesn't want this, like, Mm -hmm. get over it. Mm Mm-hmm. And so everyone is just kind of suffering. Yeah. And no one is very happy. Moraine's not happy. Lan is not happy when Moraine's not happy. (laughs) 
and he always looks unhappy anyway. Right, right. So um, there's that. And we do notice that I think this is at the point where Masima is like starting <laughs> to act a little sus Start because starry eyed around Rand. Yeah. Lord Dragon. Lord Dragon. Lord Dra- yeah. Hi. And <laughs> and I think that it's mentioned that Rand and Moraine, like these arguments are becoming more and more frequent. Yeah. Which just, I feel like, might be because the pattern is like creating this toxic environment so rand will walk off you know like rand needs to get out of there yeah so parent is like i gotta go talk to rand and you know like he needs me and rand is like muttering to himself about twice the dragon shall be marked and twice to live and twice to die and he's like looking at his arms and he's like but not today (laughs) like no dragons yet and Perrin is like, whoa, dude, like, all right, are you all right? <laughs> are you okay? Uh, I think I, I made thought, a mistake like... coming here. Uh, <laughs> and he's all just like, Moraine says this, Moraine says that. <laughs> and it's just like, the pattern will force me, Moraine says. She never says how I'll know. Oh, no, she doesn't even know. <laughs> And it's just like, I don't know, it's kind of comical. It's not supposed to be, but I'm just like, oh, man. I'm really curious to see if this plays out in a TV show because Rand is already gone. Right. So, like, he, maybe we don't have this whole scene, you know? Like, we might not I even get a Leia. I that. I mean, yes, it would be sad to lose Leia, but I wouldn't hate it if this whole thing just got kind of, like, cut out. Yeah, it's okay for like, I guess, a little story building and reminding us of what has happened and who some of our characters are, I guess. But at the same time, just like, can we just I I just am ready for the meat of this story. I'm ready for that. Let's go. Yeah, me too. We were when we were talking yesterday, I had said that when I started reading these chapters, I was just like, oh, God, I forgot how slow they can be. And then mm-hmm. remembered, like, certain scenes <laughs> that I was looking forward to. And I was like, they're in this book. Thank God they're in this book. <laughs> well, I thought it was really funny, too, because when before we had decided, like, what chapters we were going to do this week, and I'm like, do we just do the prologue or <laughs> do we, like, get into it? And I was yeah. like, because I don't think anything, like, incredibly noteworthy happens in the first four chapters. And you were like, no. Let's go. Let's do yeah, it. Let's do <laughs> like, it. Like dive these, in head first. Yeah, I mean these chapters are just they're just like they're kindling, you know? Like this is just the startup. We're just layering things on, which is what Robert Jordan does and what I appreciate so much about him. Um I know when he was writing this it was very different. Like you did have an audience who was waiting at least a year in between each book. So like having those little mm-hmm. reminders were good. But now when you read them kind of back to back, it's easy to just kind of skip over and be like, when do I get to the good stuff? Where mm-hmm. is Nynaeve? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm, 
I would love an Egwene chapter. Not gonna lie. Like, wouldn't hate it. Wouldn't hate it. Yeah. Speaking of, mm. speaking of, yeah. Uh, Perrin mentions Matt is probably all the way by all the way to Guitar Valen by now, and he's with Egwene and mm-hmm. Nynaeve, mm-hmm. and like Matt's probably like being taken care of, and so like all that's going on, and then he's like, "But I kind of just want to be a blacksmith. Do you still <laughs> just want to be a shepherd, Rand?" I'm like, "Oh dear." Wrong and I think, question, Perrin. Wrong question. <laughs> yeah, and Rand is, that's when I think Rand is like, death is lighter than a feather, duty heavier than a mountain. And this is what puts him over the edge when the earthquake starts. Mm-hmm. I think he's talking about, like, like just like, I'm in this... I'm in this situation, and there's the dragon sworn down on Almuth Plain, and I owe them something, and they're dying, mm-hmm. and there's white cloaks down there, and Terraboners, and Domani, and all this is happening. And then, like, Perrin, I think, is laying on the ground, and he's seeing, like, stones and pebbles, like, bouncing around, and the ground is shaking, and... It's just kind of like, man, mm-hmm. we need to, we need to move on mm-hmm. and just go. Yeah, everyone is like cabin fever for real. Maybe in the, this camp it's hut fever, but you yeah, know, like yeah. they need to get out. And I mean, really, Rand gives them exactly what they need to leave uh, when he decides he's gonna have an earthquake moment. Yeah. Yeah. So, chapter three. Yeah. News from the plane. Again, parent point of view. This is after the earthquake. He sees Moraine. She's pissed. And (laughs) Perrin is, like, trying to talk men into, like, getting out of harm's way. And it turns out Layla was hurt in the earthquake. And Moraine has healed her. Mm -hmm. And Lan and Loyal and Uno arrive which was so needed. Mm-hmm. Um, Moraine is telling them about all of the events that she learned on Almuth Plain via Leia mm-hmm. and how there are now like thousands of white cloaks that are flooding into the area and men resembling Rand are being murdered. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they worry about like Rand's uncontrollable nature now and him channeling and how it's going to attract fades and Moraine kind of just like everyone you know on your guard Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. and that's pretty much this chapter yeah I love when Moraine like Lan offers to go and scout around the camp just to make sure that nothing's been missed and Uno's even like yeah 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 that's a great idea (laughs) (laughs) he probably just needs to get away from Moraine because he's gonna pop a blood vessel from not cursing yeah um but then Moraine says to Lan if you are needed tonight my Gaiden it will be here I love it when she calls him my Gaiden it makes the relationship feel less formal you know what I mean I think it makes it feel more formal. Do you think so? Mm-hmm. 
to me it's always felt kind of like tender but respectful of his position no i like that though i mean i think it's just because it almost i know it's not but it almost just feels like a pet name like something Mm. private between the two of them so it feels kind of like yeah i can see that too like she only uses like she would only call him that in front of certain people in certain company kind of thing yeah 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 Yeah. that makes sense i mean i like to like when my husband comes through the door i like to be like hello my husband like you know to me it's kind of funny and sweet at the same time because like i'm totally not one of those uh, (laughs) husband wifey people but i love Mm -hmm. my husband and i love calling him my husband i have a lot of respect for what he does for our family so yeah. Oh. I kind of think about um, it like that, I think. Yeah. I see where you're coming from. Okay. Yeah. 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 And then, okay, so this does, this does end, like this chapter does end with Perrin falling asleep and beginning to dream. And that's, mm-hmm. that's important because we know who's waiting in his dreams for him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've got, I, there's, Anytime there is, a, it is mentioned of like dr- some dreams about to happen. It's like, oh, here we go again. Who's it gonna be? Mm-hmm. What's gonna happen? Yeah, who's gonna and, be in the dream? What's it going to uncover? Like, Dreamland is so fun in Wheel of Time. It's just like, what? What's it gonna be this time? Uh, usually, it's awful. You know. <laughs> When you were saying how men, like, you still see, like, book men, like, it Mm -hmm. hasn't merged with TV show men, Mm -hmm. I thought the exact same thing in this chapter, Mm -hmm. because men is kind of like, you know, they're dealing with the after effects of this earthquake, and men's like, I'm gonna thump his skull if he ever does that again, (laughs) and she's kind of like, I almost picture her as kind of like pacing Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. but it's still like pretty Mm lighthearted. and tv show men is a little bit more gruff Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i can't really see her having the interaction with Perrin that men has in this chapter where she like she kisses kisses him on the cheek exactly and is like i like you you don't know anything (laughs) Yeah, TV show men, I don't think she likes anyone. Mm-mm. She seems maybe, a bit standoffish. Yeah, maybe, maybe she extreme. only likes the people that leave leave her good tips at the there bar. There you go. There you go. That's very possible. She does have that vibe, you know? Like, she left She left uh, Faldara. <laughs> she really did. She really did. She was just like, oh, everyone else is going to fight? I'm out. Bye. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame her, but like it doesn't it doesn't align with how I see Bookman. Like I don't think Bookman would have left. But I mean maybe hmm. she had to so she can meet up with Rand later on somehow. Like I just I This is possible. I still have no idea where they're gonna take season two after I mean I have some ideas of course, but like definitive. For men I 
I don't yeah. know about men. No clue. No clue. She's from somewhere near Tarvalin, I think, or she lived with her aunt or something. I don't remember how the story went, but I think it's possible she ends up with her aunt because she has been cast, I think. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah, like Min's aunt was uh-huh. cast. So I keep going in between aunt and aunt because I don't know which way I want to say it. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> so Perrin is like, Min, don't you want to go back to Barillon? And she's like, oh, you're so sweet. Uh-huh. Kiss, kiss. I did like that when Moraine comes over, like the first thing on Min and I think Perrin's mind as well is like, is Leia okay? Uh-huh, yeah. And now there's all of this question over, you know, was the prophecy right? Was Min wrong with mm-hmm. her prophecy? Um, but, of course, like, if an Aes Sedai heals someone, mm-hmm. they don't half-ass it. So, like, Maureen yeah. is kind of, like, eye roll. Like, of course she's fine. Like, mm-hmm. duh, I'm kind of talented in healing, you know, so... <laughs> She does say that. Yeah. Like, I am particularly strong in healing. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And then, like, Moraine is also like, yeah, she's got a long way to go. And, like, Perrin is kind of questioning how callous Moraine sounds. And I thought this was kind of interesting how Moraine, she, you know, she's so blunt Mm-hmm. She's like, this is my mission. This is mm-hmm. what I need to do. Mm-hmm. And, like, everyone else is kind of just, like, I don't know, like, not, I don't want to say in the way, but just, like. They're, like, pieces or tools, really. Like. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's even where uh, Pear, like, makes the observation of how. Moraine's voice sounds really uncaring and dispassionate and he's really upset by that and is like I won't ever let that be me and Mm -hmm. the way that I look at people like they can just be tossed aside when their purpose is done so I don't use people as tools I use tools as tools (laughs) by tools I mean actual tools (laughs) Like calling someone a tool. Oh, God. <laughs> no, that was good. I appreciated that. Yeah, I thought, like, just the way that Moraine is coming across in this, like, the thing is, she has to be like this. And it's not because she doesn't feel, it's because she does feel. Like, if she allowed all of this to get to her, she would just crumple. She wouldn't be able to, like, move forward. She's like, you know, I'll think yeah, about that tomorrow. It's such a pity, like, not to have it from her point of view right now. Can you? I feel like this chapter would have been infinitely better if we got it from Moraine. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, a conversation with Leia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because, I mean, it brings me back to New Spring where Moraine is questioning these women that are, you know, she's searcher now she's looking for the dragon reborn trying to find him but 
we know that she has a hard exterior, but like when it comes down to her thoughts, like she really cares for people. Yeah. And I mean, I think this is just, again, something that happens, you know, unreliably through the eyes of whoever's point of view it is. Yeah. I mean, I think... I think it's observed in Eye of the World, like how sincere Moraine was when she was talking to people in various places to try to find out what had happened and if she could help. Like, she's always putting money in people's hands. Like, she's always kind of, like, soothing a situation to make sure that things are okay. Like, she's not uncaring. She's just handling it the best way she can. And that's how Perrin sees it. Like, he sees it as being cold. He doesn't see it as, like, a defense mechanism. hmm And I just think that it's the same with Perrin and Rand. Like, they're lacking the maturity right now to, like, yep. mm-hmm. have a little bit of, like, forward thinking, you know? like Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I can kind of relate to that in a way, like, for me, the best way forward is just kind of, like, compartmentalize and, like, deal with certain things, like, head on and then, like, unpack the other thing later on so I can process my way through it. But in my way, not in front of, like, everybody. And I don't think I had that kind of control over my emotions when I was much younger. Like, I still rage out without even thinking about it. And then I'm like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I so angry right now? But Maureen has a handle on her emotions because she has to. Like, Rand feels the weight of what's going on, but Maureen does too. Because, like, this is the thing she's been preparing herself for for 20 years. Yeah, she's had a lot of practice. Yeah. Yeah. She knew this was going to be hard. She knew that she was going to kind of have to steal herself for the body count that was coming. And Brand okay. hasn't had that time. No. Nope. Holy Negative. crap. It's almost 1130, Amber. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Why? Well, this just flew by. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I want to get to the actual news yeah. from, yeah, the news from Moraine, so, mm. well, the news from Leia, mm-hmm. so she's saying, well, she explains to Moraine that there's about a, a group of 5,000 5, white mm-hmm. cloaks mm-hmm. on Almuth Plain, but the strange thing is that they're not making moves against the dragon sworn. Yep. So, like, they're always giving them enough time to get away. Yeah. It and looks- Lan and Uno are like, it's a trick. It's a yep. trick. So I think that this is a nice way of showing or at least questioning what Pedro Niles' plans are. Yeah. Or if the White Cloaks are acting under Pedro Nile, maybe it's something totally else, totally different. But... I was thinking Um, that this was a reflection of his orders because they're leaving the dragon sworn alone, which is what Pedro Nial wanted, but he's clearing, like, these white cloaks are clearing 
like the terror what is it the terror borders and Domani back to their borders which would then make Almuth Almuth plain open for the rest of the white cloaks to come swooping in and take care of an army of dragon sworn that they've just allowed to kind of like sporadically do their thing so they can still create chaos while the white cloaks look like they're trying to like create peace poorly yeah that was that's kind of how i felt like they are trying to do some good pr right now yeah yeah even if it's not like good pr it's not like the standard shady white cloak like yeah Oh, just killing people and throwing bodies in rivers. <laughs> They're PR. not leaving gallows filled with men, women, and children on village greens anymore. Precisely. Behind them. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's not. Not for long, guys. Don't buy it. But, yeah. but, Layla also tells Moraine that these tall young men with light eyes are being killed. And it sounds like this was probably Shadow Swan. I think so. At least the two that are done through, um, like one was killed by poison and the other two by knife by someone that wasn't seen. So to me, that says Gray Man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And then, of course, that, like, freaks everyone out who is not aware that, like, Greymen are a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which makes me excited for our chapters ahead of us. Yeah. Because I do love a new monster getting thrown into the story. Mm-hmm. And the Greymen are, they're their own interesting kind of cool like yeah, the, the ability they're cool, to kind but of they're sleep. also kind of like, they're not as monstery Mm-mm. as some monsters. No, they're kind of like, I'm a boring person, like, pay no attention to me. <laughs> what I want to know is, is what do these Greymen do when they're not out being assassins? Are they like <laughs> always in assassin mode? <laughs> or do they have like, a gray man club where they all hang out and do nothing because I feel like they all... play like a lot of gin rummy or something <laughs> poorly or like really just like no one's paying attention. It's all like very like methodical. No one gets excited if they <laughs> win or lose. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uno. Draw. Draw six. <laughs> Go fish. Yeah. <laughs> But I do like how the story ends, or the story, this chapter ends mm-hmm. on Perrin going to sleep. We've got a question mark as to what the White Cloaks are doing. We've mm-hmm. got possible gray men coming mm-hmm. into the fold. And, yeah, like, it's it, these. It's not that, like, these chapters were necessarily boring Mm -hmm. but they just felt like very direct short like to the point yeah Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. no I agree like a lot of a lot of details that I feel as though you and I at this point are probably really familiar with but are probably still really nice for like new readers to be going through um 
And I think that that's good because, like, it gives me an opportunity. And, I mean, I'm sure you, too, to, like, kind of dig more into the things that I don't always catch on each read. Like, I hadn't really thought about the implications of the White Cloaks having their own nation. And that's what was that was what Pedro Niall was trying to accomplish. Like, when it hit me, yeah. I was like, fuck. And, too, like, <laughs> coming up, we're going to be have, having chapters where there are a million different moving parts where we're going to be like oh god we're going to need like an extra week for Mm -hmm. this (laughs) you know like Mm -hmm. this is going to be a long episode so it's kind of nice when this happens yeah it's it's refreshing a little palate cleanser before we dive in yeah yeah i didn't have anything else for this week i don't either no well that was we'll wrap it up then yeah okay we'll see you next week thanks everybody bye-bye thanks so much for joining us we will continue to release new episodes every wednesday we would love if you would subscribe to the podcast leave us reviews and share us with your friends in the wheel of time community let us know what you thought of our content correct us send us things we may have missed you can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes and if you have the anchor app leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes we also have a website where you can find links to our discord channel social media platforms and merch shop so until next week. Thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.